Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? It's for Juggalos and Juggalettes. Listening to the best best friends podcast in the world. Who do you think you are? I am. Yo, everybody. Welcome back. And let me just put this out there. Fuck you, Tom Wolf. Piece of shit. Bitch ass, pussy ass, cuck bitch. Oh, Tom, 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 calm down. You're sweating. Man, our Whoa. governor is a real, real fucking work of art, man. You know, you have you have eight months, right? You have eight months to get temporary hospitals up, to get additional hospital beds you know you have all that to prepare but what's your what's your grand plan oh let's let's stop out let's stop uh indoor dining you know it's solving covid one day at a time indoor dining let's shut it down boys it's gonna be this soon i didn't think you were gonna dive in this soon I am. Do you want to do intros or do you want me to do I'm going to be with you for a second. And then you just kind of did a non sequitur there. Like he should have set up hospitals and aid for people. And he fucked up real bad at that. But like indoor dining 100% does spread COVID. And, you know, I think the government should have done a lot more, but they didn't. When Stickman pre-COVID, we had 100 seats in there and the, the place was packed every day we were open. Post-COVID, when we did indoor dining, we had 25 seats in there and we never once filled the room. People aren't coming out anyway because they're scared. That's how I feel about that. All right, everybody. And that, and the, that voice that you're hearing is uh, the owner of Stickman Brews. You can catch them at four. You heard it. Four separate locations. Uh, no, only three. We're not at Tony Joe's anymore. Oh, no. Yeah, we, we moved to um, we moved the license to uh, we're in the process of moving the license to uh, pass young. Yeah. Okay. So they three. Have, uh, they have hair with Tony Joe's now. You heard it here. Three locations. <laughs> <laughs> Good save. Good save. <laughs> and that's Ethan Buckman. Um, you know, you know who I am. Uh, you know, blah, blah, Christmas Maximus, BC East, yada, yada, yada. Tom, Dan, you know, Dan, he's there. I'm here. What are you, Dan? Just, I'm just not, uh, I'm just slightly not as angry, but still the Royers forward rattlesnake. (laughs) Give me a hell. Yeah. Try and shut down our soundboard. Tom Wolf, you cuck bitch. (laughs) Uh, If he shut down the soundboard, that would be too far for me. Yeah. Come at Come at my POD drops. I dare you. All right, everybody. Uh, welcome to the best best friends podcast in the world. Um, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Uh, no reviews, so people definitely aren't listening to the podcast. Um, so, 
<laughs> uh, we, you know, we offered Nobody wanted free beer. <laughs> yeah. We offered prizes for, uh, that, um, may or may not be, uh, uh, beer shipped across state lines. Wink. Um, <clears throat> suck it wolf. Yeah. Suck it wolf. Um, yeah. If you, uh, if you want to do a really creative, uh, review, throw it up on, uh, on whatever podcast platform you listen to, uh, we'll review it and, uh, we'll review your review, uh, review section. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll pick out the funniest one and, uh, or the one that entertains us the most and we'll get a prize out to you. Uh, so if you're the only one that does it, uh, charade on you, uh, you're the winner by default. I- there could have been so many people who are just yeah. the only person. Yep. Nobody has left a review. Well, uh, as this comes out, uh, which would be, I don't know, in a couple of days, right? Um, yeah, the 17th, December 17th. Uh, you have one more week to get it in. One and a half more weeks. I don't know. We're doing one more episode for the year. Um, all right, everybody. Let's get into the episode. Um, so, Ethan, um, I kind yeah. of, I, I kind <laughs> of agree. I kind of, so I kind of agree with what you're saying with, you know, you have to adapt, but so there's some people that really, that can't like re, some restaurants can't adapt to what, you know, yeah, what's going and, on to a shutdown like that. Sure. And it sucks. It sucks. It's really fucking awful. The government has failed in a million ways. And I don't disagree with that. My point is that indoor dining isn't one of them because the fact of the matter is it, based on my experience at all of my locations that offered indoor dining and we were at Tony Joe's for part of the pandemic too. Um, people are not going out. People are scared of COVID and the volume of people that are choosing to eat indoors right now is an incredibly small percentage relative to what it was before. So if somebody's going to have to close their business in a month because indoor dining is shut down, well, they probably were going to have to close their business in three months. So without it. So here's my, here's my uh, rebuttal to that. So I went out to eat. Um, I don't know whenever Dan and I's birthday was the two weeks ago, 10 days ago. Um, I went out to eat at our buddy's place up in Reading, uh, beer wall on Penn just opened up a new location, beer wall on Prince. Uh, you know, good timing on that one. Um, Great plug. yeah. Um, place was packed. I mean, place was every seat was filled and yeah. And so here's the thing. Every seat being filled means 25% of what it was before. Right. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is, you can't really judge how well a restaurant is doing because it was busy when you were there, right? If I depend on my restaurant being full for five hours of the day in order to make my money and you show up at dinner time and see it full, but it's full for 45 minutes for the one crowd that came to eat dinner, which is what happened at Stickman all the time at 25% capacity, you know, you're not, you're not really making money, man. You're just not. And maybe Redding's different. Maybe this guy's special. I don't know anybody making any fucking money right now and it sucks. It really does suck. But the fact of the matter is the best way we could have gotten through this was to get COVID to stop spreading and indoor dining actually fucking spreads COVID just because you wear a mask when you walk in doesn't magically mean the goes away when you start eating with your mask off. So like it's, um, you know, yeah, it, it just sucks. So the fact of the matter is closing the dining isn't what did it. So again, uh, a rebuttal to that is, you know, people are, you have restaurants out there that are 25% capacity because that's what the government 
mandated. And now you're taking that 20, that other 25% away. Now they're at 0% capacity. Right. And so the only place in which they should be at a hundred percent capacity is in the universe where coronavirus isn't a real thing. Right. So like, right. I, I agree, but you can't, why take that down to zero? You know, and here's why not so so why, why not give people aid instead of but why, encouraging them just here, to here's the other thing why the why why pinpoint uh indoor dining when now I, I saw pictures today uh the King of Prussia Mall is fucking asses to elbows. Yeah, and they should be closed. Right. Too. But it's just they this is what this is my point is that it's just poor execution. You know, right. church, but, churches but and churches and mosques priority. and everything get to stay open. Um yeah. You know, it's an asinine argument, man. And I don't, I don't want to sound disrespectful, but it, it's kind of child logic. It's like I know that indoor dining is bad, but these other people are doing a bad thing, so I should do my bad thing also. No, the answer is all businesses should be shut down, and everybody should be getting aid money. But the right. fact of the matter is, you're not helping businesses by not stymieing the pandemic. All you're doing when you're allowing indoor dining, when you're allowing shopping is making coronavirus continue to spread and continue to be shitty. And it's just going to make this half-life thing that is not sustainable for anybody go on longer and longer. The real fucking thing that everybody needs to be mad about is that the government asked, told us all to close businesses, which was the right thing to do, but did not have a goddamn dime for us to support ourselves when it happened. Oh, we yeah. All I'm- on the same we should have we should have done what like uh like a France or an England did where they did a complete shutdown. Uh, right. Citizens were given I think eighty percent, seventy five or eighty percent of their their pay. Uh, businesses were supported. No, uh, we got shut I down. Mean, this, has been totally, this has been totally fucked up from the beginning. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like the fact of the matter is. Indoor dining does spread coronavirus. Spreading coronavirus makes this worse for longer. And anybody who's telling you that they were making enough money on indoor dining, like I just don't believe anybody who's saying they were making enough money. They're maybe making enough money on indoor dining to like limp along to hope that something else happened in the next couple of weeks. But they weren't making enough money on indoor dining to um to support their business. I just, I just, there's no way I could see anybody really doing that. We're at 25% capacity and people aren't coming out. Yeah. I mean, so like, I just think, I, I just think that it was, um, it just seems like the, to have them pinpointed was just a weird thing. And especially now that you, you said, uh, like you can say outdoor dining is okay. And people are now intense. So they're, they're indoors, yeah, but they're outdoors. Too. Like it's all bullshit. I mean, the problem is, right, it's it's like I understand the frustration, but you're 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 mad at the wrong thing, right? The thing to be mad at is that they are still like they're being allowed to like skirt the indoor dining rules if they're rich by buying like if you're Salamana, you can just buy a bunch of yurts and pretend that that's not the same as indoor dining. Like that's the kind of shit is bullshit. Being the mall being open is absolute bullshit. Yeah. But like that, that doesn't mean that indoor dining should also go on. Right. Like these, they should all be shut down. I can, I completely agree. It should, it should be all businesses should be, should be shut down with assistance, but that's just not, it's not the case. It's poorly executed, which goes back to my case. 
of uh, fuck Tom Wolf because he's yeah, no, he fucked up real bad in the motherfuckers term limited. It's not even like he's running for re-election. He's trying to play some fucking politics. He's already served his two goddamn terms. Mm-hmm. He's a giant fucking pussy. He could have just, just made an executive order to get fucking money. What? <laughs> he's just going down with the ship. Just taking it down. He's just a fucking piece of shit. He's just a fucking piece of shit. I, I'm just particularly sensitive about the indoor dining thing because customers have been, some customers have been such fucking dicks like about us not breaking the law. And so I feel like I have to like in a very full throated way be like, no, like this still does make sense to shut down indoor dining, even if like the execution of all of this from top to bottom, from every government official in the entire United States has been the most fucked up thing it could have possibly ever been. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I am just, I'm still sitting really easy breezy on that 1200 bucks from eight months ago. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's been helping. I've been in the house during this. Hold on, let me hold on. Wait, wait, wait hold on. Now I found it. <laughs> Just that hunch, hunch in the gun. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's a rough. That's a rough go. Uh huh. We're all fucked. We're all going to die. Yeah. This is like, you know, when you watch <laughs> a movie and you see a flashback about like where it all began, mm-hmm. that's what we're living through right now is the flashback in the middle of the horror movie. God, I, I missed your sunny disposition, Ethan. <laughs> uh, um, I'm so glad you're back on the show. Yeah. So, uh, um, I guess before we get into the beer, um, Ethan, I should give you a fair warning. You are frozen. Your video is frozen in the most hilarious way, like in the most Ethan way possible. Walking back and forth in my chair. Is it moving again? No. Oh, no. No. This is this is a photo right here. This is. This Hell is yeah. Post it, post it up. You know? <laughs> um. All right. So, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's crack a beer and ease these tensions a little bit and then we'll, uh, thank you. Yeah. Then we can, uh, we can yell some more because this is, I think this is going to be the, the, I don't feel tense. No, uh, I mean a little sure, but, uh, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, (laughs) um, yeah, I mean, I feel like this is going to be about an hour and a half of Ethan and I yelling and Dan going, Hey guys, I'm, I'm here. I like the guys. Yeah. Guys, this beer is really good. <laughs> guys, cookie swap, huh? <laughs> so yeah, like ginger snaps. We got sweet souls <laughs> in here. All right. So uh, our first beer is a uh, surprise. Surprise. We're going to do Stickman beer. How about that? Um, we, we are going to do uh, the Great Stickman Cookie Swap, the uh, Ginger Snap Edition. Um, oh yeah. So first one. Yes. So Dan, first of many, I hope. Yeah. Um, Dan, you want to tell us a little bit about our beer here? Of course. And I'm hoping that I can tell you about the beer and we have the great British bake off music playing. Nope. Maybe not. No, nope. ah, we didn't get it. Okay. <laughs> nope. I love the, uh, I love the description of this beer though. Uh, <laughs> we may not have made this in a tent in the British countryside, but we still think it's quite scrumptious. Actually, they say uh, scrum. Was it scrummy? I think it's a little scrummy. Bit of, yeah, 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 scrummy. Yeah, scrummy. <laughs> Presenting our newest scrummy series, the Great Stickman Cookie Swap. I know scrummy. And the first time I heard it, I went, um, "What? Excuse me." <laughs> oh. 
All right. Presenting our newest series, The Great Stickman Cookie Swap. Kicking off just in time for the winter holidays with our ginger snap version. We've created a brown ale base and spice it up with a delightful recipe of molasses, dark brown sugar, ginger, cinnamon, cloves, and a whole bunch of ginger snap cookies. Uh, I bear witness to that. I saw them when I was there. <laughs> yeah, Star Baker for this one. This is uh, definitely, you definitely got Star Baker and perhaps Showstopper for this one, Ethan. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Dan, you forgot one, one important part of that. Did I, did I see contains, oh, you spelled it wrong. Yeah. Did you spell it wrong in, yeah. on purpose? Oh yeah. I'm, am I, I, <laughs> I've been, I've been a little sleep deprived in the, for the past, I don't know, week and a half. I don't know. Last week and a half to 10 years I've been sleep deprived. So does that say contains Arachatose? It, it contains Arachatose. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I thought we didn't put lactose in the Oh, no, we didn't put a little in. I, I'm actually shocked by this because of how easy it was to drink. 8.9% alcohol by volume. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a high ABV. Yeah. Um, I, I did not tell my wife that, and she's been kicking these back. <laughs> I, should, I should probably warn her. She's, she knows by now. I mean, she <laughs> if she does it, um, we might have to have a talk and maybe a couple meetings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 4.03 on untapped, you know, that's oh, a, he's in the 4.0 gang here. Not that it, not that any of that matters at all, but you know, good it for you hitting that four. What's that? Look, Ethan's got a hype beer. It matters deeply to me. Yes. Uh, because, <laughs> Uh, ratings and reviews on untapped are so, you know, you know, they're done by scholarly people that, uh, know what they're talking about. One of my favorite reviews recently was I hate lactose. It would have been better with milk sugar. It was a real, real review. Wait, uh, on one of your beers. Yeah. Which one? I don't even remember. I flew Uh, blind rage. I have to go find that. Ethan just buys burners because so he can throw them across the room. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm just like, ah, but if you want to, if you want to know what beers we're drinking and you can, so you can look them up and see Ethan's glorious 4.03 on this, you can follow us on untapped at best, best friends pod. That's at best, best friends P O D. Very good. Best, best friends pod. Um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, Ethan, is this a, I had a hard time with this uh, last night. Is this an American brown ale or an English brown ale? Um, I don't fucking know. I think <laughs> I guess it would be an American okay. brown ale, right? Like the it's base cool. is the base is like not anything that places like Untapped really have a good style designation for. It's kind of like a double brown, but it's like sweeter than what a double brown really should be. It's just like a high alcohol dark beer that we made specifically. It's like a vessel for cookies. Hmm. Okay. That's Fair enough. It, yeah. I like that. A vessel Dan- for cookies. Daniel, you want to crack these things? Hold on. Um, right after I put this uh, potential episode name in. All right. <laughs> all right. And was it vessel right, for cookies? Ready? Yep. All right. One, two, three. There we go. Beautiful. Oh my God. It smells like a ginger snap. I actually bought a box of them because of this beer. You know, <laughs> ginger snap is one of those cookies where I don't like them, but I will 
eat them every year when they're, you know, eventually just sitting out on a table. Yeah, they're just so ubiquitous. You can't get rid of them. It's like I those, usually yeah get at least a box a season like when it starts getting cold out. It's like those uh the Italian cookies. What are the the um you know the big like waffle uh Italian cookies. What are they called panzels? Oh, Pizzelles or Pizzelles. Pizzelles. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing to them, but I'll put down I'll throw back like 6 to I don't know 25 of those. And I don't even <laughs> enjoy them. I'll eat as many are put in, as they're put in front of me. All right. Let's, uh, Dan, right. Sancha. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Man, just thinking of all the sweetzels that went into this. That's what you used, yeah, right? You used the sweetzels cookies? The orange? Yeah. Is that the, is that the orange wrapper? Like the orange? Yeah. Yeah. That's a Philadelphia staple. Yeah, we went and picked them up in Cheltenham, like from the factory. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I remember seeing the pallets at your uh, at the brewery. Yeah, it was a lot of them. I don't remember exactly how many. I've been saying like around. I think it was like around 150 or 160 pounds of cookie. Wow! Oh man! Wow! Um, It comes through. That's a 25 year old Dan right there. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) so Dan and I have been on our, our journey to, uh, eventually we're going to do the, uh, the BJCP, uh, test the exam and become beer judges, hopefully certified beer judges. And, uh, you know, we've been studying our style guidelines. So, uh, you know, we've been, so we've been trying to, Tom wants to judge beer and people. Well, yeah, I've, I've excelled at one. I want to excel at the other. Um, so, um, we, now we're starting to, we're starting to look more at, uh, at our our style guidelines. So we've been starting to include them in our, uh, in our tastings. Um, so I did guess correctly, I guess with the, uh, American Brown Ale, which is Scott style guidelines, style number 19 C. Um, so the flavor for the American Brown Ale should be medium to moderately high malty sweet nailed it. Or malty rich flavor with chocolate, caramel, nutty, or toasty malt complexity, which I guess you get a little bit of that under the uh, under the ginger snap flavor because it's yeah. a ginger snap beer, so that should be the dominant flavor, which it excels at. Um, the medium to medium dry finish provides an aftertaste having both both malt and hops. Hop flavor can be light to moderate and may optionally have a citrusy, fruity, or tropical character. Although any fl- hop flavor that complements the malt is acceptable, very low to moderate fruity esters. When as I'm tasting this now, I think if I um, have you looked at the distinctions between the English brown ales at all between the northern and southern brown ales? I haven't got into that that realm yet. No, Tom took a dartboard and put all the brown ales on it and just threw one dart and landed on American. Yeah. Now, I, I think that if you're looking at the BG, BJCP, it's kind of interesting. Like, so now that I'm actually tasting it and like thinking about it, as opposed to just being like, this is gingerbread, it'll sell. Um, <laughs> to me, like, when I think of an American brown ale, I think about like malt and hops kind of interacting the same way that a barley wine does, so that you kind of get like a very specific type of hot flavor in the finish. 
Whereas I think of like a Southern English brown ale as not really being like that dry, like drinking beer, but more of like a sweet malty thing that you don't really have any kind of like hot flavor to. And you get more of those like raisiny caramel flavors. So maybe you could call it a Southern brown ale. I mean, I, yeah, there's fair. definitely got that rate. Like what you just said, like, I guess those fruit are like esters and everything yeah, a little bit kind of give it that like raisin kind of mm-hmm. taste to it. And I can kind of get that with this. Um, yeah. and that ginger snap really gives it a nice, um, I don't know. Like I, I, I think I said it to you when I texted you, it's like, it, it reminds me of just like Christmas in a can. Like this is something I would definitely drink, you know, around the holidays as a, um, as a nice little, I would call it a winter warmer just because it's, 8.9%. It's going to warm me up nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Winter Warmer is a good, is a good style name for it, or like a beard and OL. But those two styles, you can't really put them on a label anymore. So we just yeah. call it the beer. So I'll, I have been noticing a lot of, a lot more people accepting the, the Winter Warmer style. It seems like, um, especially like the Lancaster Winter Warmer. Um, or like Trump. Oh yeah, that's been a staple forever. Yeah. So I feel like, uh, I mean, and I'm basing, you know, most of what I'm seeing, uh, from the beer community, from the, uh, the breweries and PA Facebook group, because I mean, that's a, you know, you have your good bit of dinguses on there, but I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a good sample of the people that are drinking beer and drinking PA yeah. beer. Um, which is what our podcast is about. And, uh, it seems like people are more willing to start moving away from the, you know, uh, lactose, milk, sugar, uh, double IPAs and get into, Oh, what should I try for winter? You know, I've it's stout season. So what stout should I have? Or, um, and I, I've seen a couple people posting about winter warmers. So, uh, that's reassuring to me because I would love to brew like a real classic winter warmer. They're such cool beers. We used to brew on the church brew works, uh, called the Slay Racker. And I brewed, <laughs> man. Um, yeah, I love a good winter warmer. That used to be one of my favorite beers, was the Lancaster winter warmer. Um, yeah. So I, I, I mean, I, I'm also, I'm a, I'm a very big, and I, I, if anybody listens to this podcast, they'll know I'm big on variety. So I like trying different stuff. So, I mean, any, any brewery that's brewing, you know, more different stuff that you can't get from every single brewery in the area, I'll definitely go out and try it. Yeah. I think anybody who does those kind of cool styles should be supported. Who is it? I think Forest in Maine, I don't know if they're doing a winter warmer, but they do a lot of weird English styles. I shouldn't say weird, but like a lot of more traditional English styles. So it'd be cool to see. I haven't had anything from Forest in Maine, but uh, that was one. It always stuck out to me because uh, going back uh, when we had breweries and PA on, uh, Matt and Chad both agreed that uh, Forest in Maine is one of their favorite local spots. Oh, yeah. You should check them. You haven't had any of their beer. You should no. check them out, man. They're really, really good. Their some of their farmhouse stuff is like up there with the best I've ever had. It's like really, really very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Then their sale stuff is also great. Um all right. Well, so did you hop this at all? I mean, in like the most minimal way. Like we put some 
hops in at the beginning of the boil just to like balance it a little bit, but like almost nothing. What kind of hops do you use for a, for a brown ale? Um, I mean, we just use like whatever kind of mid range alpha acid hop because we're not really putting it in like later in the boil. So you're not going to really taste like what the hop flavor is just from like a first word edition. Mm-hmm. Um, so typically that's for us is like some kind of German hop. I think like real traditional brown ales, you want to get something earthy. So like if it's an American product, like Northern Brewer is probably a good choice or something like similar to Northern Brewer, like a nugget or a comet or something like that. And then if you're doing an English brown, Fuggles or EKGs are the classics. I prefer Fuggles to EKGs for brewing a brown ale because I think it's kind of like a darker flavor. If that makes sense, it's sort of like a deeper flavor, whereas EKG is sort of like English Cascade almost. Okay, yeah, that's fair. <clears throat> I'm really just surprised about how fast this beer goes down almost every time I drink it. Cause I like get through like talking. I look down, I'm like, Oh, we're already like middle of the way through this beer. <laughs> it, this is a dangerous beer. We, we put it in a, uh, a flight when we got it. Uh, we did this and you're uh, better than socks. And, uh, we split two cans of that with, uh, with a flight and uh, like two, eight ounce pours of this between my wife and I were like, we were done the, we were done the brown ale so fast. We were like, wow, that was really good. really light. I wonder what the ABV was on it. We didn't even look it up. <laughs> oh yeah. It's a, it's a high one. That makes That'll- a lot more sense now from, uh, that more, that following morning. Mm-hmm. I was blaming the other it's beers. Full sugar. It's full of fucking cookies. Oh yeah, it is. It is definitely full of cookies. Yeah. Um. So, lots of ginger snap on this one. I'm trying to get like my bearings here about what I'm tasting. I'm definitely getting like I've been sticking with that um that kind of uh I kind of like raisiny like that yeah little bit of those those fruit esters there yeah. Um, which That's I, like, I mean, it's enjoyable. It's got like a, like a, like an herbal kind of spiciness to like the back end of it. And I think that's like the ginger and everything too. Yeah. And you get the clove in it. The crystal mold is really prominent, which is a lot of the raisin flavor that you get. Okay. And, um, the yeast is, uh, what yeast did we use in this? The yeast is like a pretty neutral yeast. Uh, but it can get like a little estery at these higher gravities. So you're definitely getting like some fruity esters in there too. That's uh, very cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, so tell us about uh, you, you uh, teamed up with one of our past guests and, uh, and Jonathan from stolen son to oh, yeah. do your Hanukkah beer. Oh yeah, man. So we, this is the second year of doing it. Um, it's just a no boil IPA. The only thing that really makes it specifically Hanukkah is that the two Jewish guys brew it together for Hanukkah. (laughs) There's not like a unique ingredient that makes it like Hanukkah specific, but, um, yeah, it's a fun project. I really like working with those guys. John is an awesome dude. Uh, the brewer, Chris, she's she's really an exceptional brewer, so she's fun to work with too. Um, 
Will and Brendan really like the stolen sun guys as well. So yeah, we, what time. are the benefits of the uh, the no boil process uh, with so, IPA? You don't get any bitterness at all from the hops. Like you really don't extract too many alpha acids. So okay. it just gives a different texture. It gives it a different mouthfeel. Um, the fermentation kind of the fermentation character, I feel like is different because uh, when you boil, you coagulate proteins and they drop out of solution. So I, I mean, I'm not, not actually a microbiologist, but I feel like the presence of more protein in the wort gets like a more vigorous um, fermentation. I feel like you get like a little nicer head retention from it all around. I think it's a really cool process. The only problem is it's like less shelf stable. So doing it as a collab where we both split the batch and then we can sell it out around the holidays is really good because I feel like there's no boil IPAs turn into like uh, that snow globey thing you see sometimes from hazy beers that sit too long. Mm. Uh, so I have to drink these pretty quick. I would drink them relatively quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they won't change the flavor, but the appearance won't look great. And well, a little bit now I've got about two left. So I just got to. Make sure I put those to the front of the fridge. Got to get your butt chug on, Dan. Yep. Yeah, do a butt chug. (laughs) Big proponent of the butt chug over here. I mean, it's very effective. Yeah, yeah, do a butt chug. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I had one of the no boil. Like, I was trying to, like, kind of pick it out, and it definitely had, like, a more unique taste. Like like you said, there wasn't, like, a bitterness to it. It almost kind of had, like, almost like a little bit of, like, a tartness to it when I was drinking it. Yeah, you kind of get like a more rustic flavor. Also, we use some weird hops. Those dudes at Soul and Sun are like real into hop varieties. Yeah. And they, they gave us like, uh, they gave us these hops I'd never heard of before to use in the beer. And it came out really good. It came out really, really good. But they're definitely like some unique uh, hops. Yeah, and apparently Jonathan just has uh, an endless supply of money because he's like, when we had him on, he, we did his double dry hopped, uh, six feet of separation and the triple dry hopped. And he was like, well, in the double dry hopped, I, I dropped a, a shit ton of galaxy in here. And then for the triple dry hopped, I took that shit ton and I quadrupled it and did a, a quadruple <laughs> shit ton of galaxy <laughs> hops. And I don't give a shit. We we're like, all right, well brag a little more, bud. John has been in the brewing industry for so long. John has been in the brewing industry, I think, about as long or longer than I've been alive. I think he he just has all these connections. I think he said like 94 or 96, somewhere around there is when he got in. He's been brewing since grunge. (laughs) Yeah. And um, so he just knows so many people. So, like, he's not paying the price that I would be paying for galaxy because there's like somebody that's telling him when it's hitting the market and like letting mm-hmm. him get it at the normal price. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's getting hooked up. <laughs> that's what networking does for you. I imagine I'm just conjecturing. <laughs> I, I imagine he could just also be very willing to just like put so many hops and spend so much money on the beers, which, um, it does seem like it just it does seem like he has that like he's that kind of personality where he just he cares more about the end result of the beer than he does about the end result of his bank account. Oh yeah, I mean that's not necessarily how I feel, but it, it, he he gets <laughs> a little more about the end product. I want to make money on my shit. I mean, you're a business. He may, I mean, he well too. <laughs> um. 
Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely promotes it. Like you said, we did the double dry hop versus triple dry hop, um, experiment on this podcast. And then it was like a month later, he was doing the same thing on another podcast. Like he really, like the guy can market. So he know like he, he is concerned about the end result, but he, I think he, the way he, he markets his beer from like start to finish, he's like, let's do a double and a triple dry hop. And I'm going to get that all over the place on mm. every medium. But also, oh, we're, yeah. also we're going to, but also we're going to do one of my coffee beers so I can talk about my coffee roasting and you can come in and buy my coffee. Oh yeah. He was like the best markable like video we ever had too. As soon as we turned the video on, he was surrounded by his like merchandise. (laughs) He's, he's a smart, he's a smart savvy dude, man. He knows exactly what he's doing. And if he's putting in, if he, you know, joking aside, if he's putting that much galaxy in there, he knows what he's right. He's doing with it. The beer speaks for itself. He makes better hoppy beers than a lot of people around. I think so. And and that's one of the things. Well, yeah. The dude, me by one brewing it, but God is like, you know, and you the know dude, what I mean. The dude made a gosa with tang and crushed it. Yeah, yeah. Like one of well, Chris, one of my favorite Chris beers of twenty twenty. I do want to shout Chris out because she's the one actually executing all these crazy ideas. <laughs> she really exceptional brewer. John doesn't actually brew. That's the thing I love to bust his balls about. Um, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll admit all day. He's a really, really good businessman, but I love to bust his balls. He hasn't, he's, he's not the one brewing. Chris is out there making tangos and triple dry hopping these things. She's the one that has to decipher all of his ideas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them are her ideas too, but yeah, it's just a lot of, uh, dumping a lot of crazy hops in the cattle. Yeah. They definitely, um, impressed me on my first visit and then like having him on the podcast was like a whole nother level just like listening to him like he he was such a marketable like person when it came to like talking about all of his beers and when i found out that like it was really his idea to do the double dry hop versus triple dry hop and when i heard they did it on another podcast i was like this guy right here is a salesman <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean yeah, he knows what the deal is. yeah i and you know, I, it was, uh, I mean, it was a great idea because it did kind of open our eyes to, we, we were like, there's not going to be any difference between double and triple dry hopped. And there was a completely different flavor. And it was, it was great talking to him about why, you know, the decision-making behind that. And, um, you know, he, he is a knowledgeable guy and, you know, you can't, you don't want to disparage him as far as, you know, his beer knowledge goes, cause he knows what he's talking about as far as brewing beer. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a super smart dude. Um, he really knows, he really knows his stuff. He knows the industry in and out. Like he's, he's a very, uh, very accomplished guy. Plus he's out there buying specialty coffee beans in Guatemala in his free time. Yeah, he's yeah. like, he's like, he's like the most interesting man in the world. Like brewer. <laughs> <edition>. <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like the mast brothers of, uh, of coffee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, you had that collab. Are you doing, are you collaborating with uh, anybody else coming up in like 2021? Any Anything yeah, planned? We're doing something with Bond Place at the end of the month. We are... Um, <laughs> Go we're doing another beer with Bond. Um, I don't know exactly what the plan is yet. We kind of have a rough idea. But we're gonna be we're gonna be brewing with them um, to do some fun projects. 
Uh, they're they're my buddies. The dudes at Stolen Sun are really I love them. The Bond Place dudes, the Hidden River guys. That's who we're always doing projects with. Yeah, I tell Sam to to come on the podcast because we have every single brewer we have on. We're like, oh yeah, like who's you know who's your buddy in the in in the brewing you know world around here that that we should have on, and everyone says Sam. Oh, he's hilarious. He's a, he's the best guy. I don't know if you'll ever get him. He'll be a tough one to get on. He's he's just more he's busier than any of us, and we're all way too fucking busy. And he is like just so slammed all the time. I just don't think he's got the juice. We'll, we'll make it happen. I believe <laughs> in us, Dan. It would be if you could get him. It, was, it would be the best thing you ever did for this show. Oh man, he's a, he's a goddamn genius. We're gonna we're, we're gonna make the trip up to Bethlehem and and we're gonna get him. We're just bringing all of our equipment. We're gonna force him to be on. We're just gonna show up at the brewery one day and just be like, yeah, we're gonna do gotcha journalism on him. Yeah, we're just gonna <laughs> put the mics on the bar podcast for a while. Tell me about your beer. No, he he's the fucking man, Sam. As far as brewers that I love go, you know, Sam is the best one. You and every other brewer in this area we've <laughs> talked to. Yeah. <laughs> every it's it's every brewer has said nothing but good things about Sam. It's and and it just but it's he's pains the, us that we almost had him on the podcast. <laughs> he's the first name that comes up every single brewer. Yeah, Sam. it should be. It should be that way. Sam from Bomb Place. Like, he's the fucking man because really? he also would like show up to Brewers Association events and like full tuxedos and he just, he's a crazy guy. He's a crazy guy. And um, their, their videos that they put out on the Instagram are just spectacular. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's got a professional marketing team behind him. Yeah, he does. He does. He has a guy who just does videos for him. Yeah. He's got a guy that was yeah. like, that's like professionally trained and. You can yeah, tell no, what he's with, actually doing as opposed to when I release videos and I just record them on my iPhone, you know? Yeah. I mean, it would, it would, or us schmucks here that we just record them. Yeah. <laughs> it would, iPhone. it would probably benefit you, you know, if you maybe had somebody that you had, you know, in your phone on a podcast that went to school for film and is only like 15 minutes from your, your. Well, career. that's the thing too. I just have, um, Usually when we do one of these videos, it's a very spontaneous thing. It's like, I'm going to post a video right fucking now. And it's going to be me yelling like a car salesman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to get you into an IPA. This is a store bought. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> How do we get you into an IPA today? <laughs> <laughs> Just slapping cases of beer. <laughs> Interest-free four packs. Yeah. This bad boy can get so many people buzzed responsibly. <laughs> There's a snowstorm coming. How do I get you into this case of ginger snap beer? Fuck, there is a snowstorm coming. I don't know what I'm going to do about closing everything. I say keep I'm it probably open. Close everything. That's what I'll do. I'll be like Tom Wolf. Dan's going <laughs> to snowshoe over to over to your building. <laughs> He's going to be banging on the door, Ethan. Oh uh, yeah, I'm driving up there real early tomorrow. I'm gonna try and get a full canning run done before I have to close the place down. Dan's <laughs> gonna be banging on the door like Achilles in uh in Troy. Yeah. <laughs> be like, 
I'm gonna Hector! Give, me, give, me fills. <laughs> <laughs> give me low fills. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. I'm finished. I'm wrapping up this beer. Where are you at, Dan? I already wrapped it up. Oh, Jesus. That's a you know it's a good beer when uh when Dan has lapped me on the beer there. Yeah. It's a it's remote a e- remote episode, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's a rare occasion that Dan is is sucking down this swill when uh with uh with the uh the tenacity uh to outdrink me. This beer was uh, not even good. He's just doing this to humor me, guys. That's how nice Dan is. Well, he did uh, it mostly with his, his nose pinched. What? He did it mostly with his nose pinched. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he, I, I, I couldn't like, tell you. I was like, I love ginger snaps. Yeah, yeah down the hatch, down the hatch. You know? Quint, coincidentally, <laughs> uh, Stickman Brews makes a beer called Swill, which is... Yeah. A fantastic beer. It's my number. It's my number one uh, lager in Pennsylvania. I've uh, I've said it to breweries in PA. I've said it to almost everybody who asks me what a good lager is in this area. Swill is probably the best. Is that a Maybach? Yeah. Yeah. One of the better Maybachs I've had. Hey, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. That is my. That's my football beer. That's I. I pregame football Sundays with that. I go up and get a couple singles from your uh, from your fridge. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, that's my, that's my, I love that beer. I, um, that particular beer has been like, we send that beer to GABF every year because we're like, this is the best beer that we make. And then every year we get a thing back from GABF that like says it got to the metal round, but it didn't win the metal. And I'm just like, this is like the only beer I've really been this attached with. But I'm like, I just need to keep sending this to the competition until it wins because, like, I just feel so strongly. You should about send it. This you should send it with a sleeve of red solo cups. <laughs> <laughs> send it with an MP4 file of me loading it into a beer bong and just chugging like four of them at once. I was thinking about sending four empty cans with like three hundred dollars, three different like hundred dollar bills. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. We just got empty cans with money. And they just opened it. It was money. Hey, here's a funny story. An an, a a brewery that I will not name. Once when we went to CBC, uh, was scared about driving through the South with like a stash of weed on them to uh, the CBC in Nashville. So seamed a bunch of weed inside cans uh, and drove with like a case of beer in their car that was just full of pot. In case they got pulled over in the south. So that's a thing people do. You can see stuff into those cans. There you go. That's awesome. He's pounding down. You had you had the you had the sound He's ready. There it is. <laughs> Are we gonna do what they say can be done? <laughs> if I was smuggling weed through Pennsylvania or wherever it was, I'd, I'd I just that. feel like it's a lot of effort. Like once you to get it out of the can, it's got to be tough. It probably requires a knife. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right, Dan. Uh, we're up against it. Let's uh, let's real quick. Uh, I think for me for this beer, I nailed the style. I think uh, 
molasses flavor, I think came through really nice. Uh, the ginger snap flavor came through really nice. The mixture of everything that you have in there, the brown sugar, the ginger, the cinnamon, the clove, all that. It, it, I think it mixed really well together to pair with the, the ginger snap cookie. Um, as far as mixing it with the, you know, doing the American brown ale or the Southern country brown ale, whatever you want to call it, Northern country, who cares? Uh, it, it it's a brown ale. Just drink it like stick man. Um, <laughs> I think the, uh, the combination of the, um, I guess the adjuncts that were added to the classic really brought up the moderate fruity esters and kind of like, I, I thought it excelled those a little bit more. I got more of that raisiny fruity ester aftertaste than I think I would have gotten from a traditional American brown ale. The more I drank it, I got that, like that, malt a little bit more of a malty flavor from it which i think works pairs really well with the ginger snap it was like a nice little bit of that like roasted malt and that like that dark chocolatey flavor to it um that paired well with the sweetness of everything else that all the other ingredients that went into it um definitely um uh, i wouldn't say i don't know if i would say it's a crushable beer I would maybe. No, I wouldn't say that. Maybe no, have I, two. I, I crush one can of it, and I and that's that's it for me. I'm just really surprised by how fast I usually go through the first can. Yeah, but then you kind of need a nap. Yeah. <laughs> Which is usually when ginger snaps come into play. You know, you've had your your turkey or your ham. You know, you had your meal, and then you just pick kind of pick at the the cookie tray. You get your <laughs> yeah. We're like a tryptophan simulator. Yeah. <laughs> and then you do the, you do the old dad, the, you know, uh, folded hands on the stomach, lean back in the recliner, and then you're out for the, you know. Yeah. While. The extremely loud exhale as you lean back. Yep. As you, yeah. watch, as you watch the Detroit Lions lose. <laughs> um, all right. So let's, uh, let's move, uh, forward in our, uh, Great. Are we staying cookie themed? Yeah, we're, we're going. Cookie? We're going to stay with the great Stickman Bake Off or whatever bullshit show you guys watch. Tom, um, you really missed the mark not having the uh, the Great British Bake Off. Well, I didn't. As we go I, I didn't one. know until. Hold on. What are we at? Forty nine minutes. I didn't know until about fifty minutes ago that we were even doing the Oreo because I w- I even looked up the the theme. Uh, hold on. I think I can play it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. And while you're looking it up here, I'm going to go into our next beer, which is, um, another Stickman beer that is near and dear to our hearts. It is the Oreo cheesecake bake shop ale by Stickman brews. Um, Oh yeah. yeah, We're getting into this one here. Uh, so yeah, we get, um, we got this one classified here as a cream ale, um, for this. So it's the bake shop ale with Oreo cookies, chocolate and vanilla added. So, um, I remember before we talked about your, um, I guess the previous, uh, brew for this. So was it another absurd amount of Oreos going into this one? Oh yeah. I mean, basically we get a literal pallet of Oreos shows up to the brewery. Um, and <laughs> it's, uh, like literally there's not enough room in the tank for all the Oreos. This year I had to order less because last year, um, or last time we brewed it, which was right at the beginning of quarantine. I don't know if you were a stickman customer at the beginning of quarantine. You remember getting 
take out food from Royersford with a sleeve of Oreos in it. A free sleeve of Oreos? Oh, of course. Yeah, that was because we physically could not fit all the Oreos <laughs> into the um, into the tank. And we had about like like 20 like restaurant sized boxes of Oreos. <laughs> and so we just gave them to everybody. We were like, here, feel like you could use a cookie, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. I remember that too, because I missed the announcement. And then, uh, like when I got my bag of food, I was like, we have, there's like a sleeve of Oreos in here. And my wife's like, you didn't get the notification. We we're supposed to get Oreos with this. And I was like, no, <laughs> I had no yeah. idea about the Oreos. It makes it even better if you didn't know it was coming. Dude, I'm having so much fun with your frozen face on this here. <laughs> is it still frozen? Yeah, for sure. It's just been frozen the whole time. Yeah, I've just been I've been just taking pictures of myself looking like I'm pouring beer into your mouth. <laughs> I don't know if you've checked the group chat, guys, but sorry, I've been filling it up. <laughs> can you guys hear the Great British Bake Off? I can hear it now. Music yeah. under. <laughs> So we're going to, we're going to play this under, I have, I have an hour of this music. Uh, so I've got a key. Oh, okay. It's the awesome. most soothing music on the face of the fucking earth. Yeah. Let's pour this beer and we'll talk about how much more soothing British baking shows are than uh, normal ones here. All right, let's go. Uh, one, two, three. And I don't actually have the Oreo beer with me. Oh, that bubble. Oh, it's okay. Uh -oh. I, I honestly, it's, it, you've been frozen for so long. I pretty much have been just assuming you've been doing bong rips and drinking Miller High Life the entire time. You know, that's all I like to do. <laughs> <laughs> I only I make, I only make assumptions here. I was recent. Well, it is, I'm telling you live on, you heard it here, not first, but again, one of my, the only real beer I drink in my house, the only beer I really drink in my house is Miller High Life. It's a champagne of beer. Yeah, and the only thing I really do is rip fucking fat bombs, bro. <laughs> just so I don't just know if bingers you, and High Life. Have yeah, you seen the dude. champagne bottles filled with High Life that they have it like giant? Yeah, I have. What a delight that is. <laughs> I'm assuming oh, I, I'm I'm only guessing that that is going to be uh, part of my Christmas gift next week on our uh, Christmas episode. It's going to be a champagne bottle filled with Miller High Life. Well, now that he said it, I have to. Go to now, now that he said it, I have to go to Giant now and get one. Which is really, <laughs> I could you ask for a better Christmas present? I don't think you could. I think you'd be really ungrateful if you did. I really, I, I, I really hope that happens. And I hope that it's like, it has that like nice cork at the top. So I could take a knife and just. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like saber it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just really want to be was a saber. <laughs> yeah. I want, I want to, I want to be real theatrical about it. The first box he opens is a saber. The <sighs> second box is a high life bottle for him to open with it. All right, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I talked about, uh, I have, um, uh, I have a beginning of COVID bake shop and, uh, I I'm getting a, I'm getting a little, I'm getting snow globy. I don't know if you guys can see it. Uh -oh, uh, a little, yeah. little globy. Y'all are. 
Yeah, I got a. It, it, it's it it's a it's a pulpy orange juice. But guess what? Uh, as I mentioned before, we started recording. If I die, I die. You know, I, honestly, I welcome it at this point. Uh, to be honest, this is one of the best. This is one of the best smelling beers I've ever had. Just come up to my nose. It's like a Yankee Candle. <laughs> it's like if I wanted a Yankee Candle that smelled like Oreos, this would be it. Are we gonna cheers? Are you are you sipping yeah, already? Sancha. Cheers, buddy. I'm trying to figure out if uh if the sea monkeys in my drink are uh are gonna be safe to drink. Yeah, there's nothing that'll hurt you in there. It's just um you know, it's just like protein coagulation, really. You know, that made me feel a lot better because I just took a big helping gulp. Good. There's nothing Tom likes more than taking protein coagulation down the throat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, you know, Dan, I, I don't have many. You don't have the sa- You don't even have it ready. I don't have Go many. Oh, I don't. Wait. I don't have many opportunities to use this, and it's one of my favorites. But is it possible this story is true? <laughs> yes, it is. You're right. It's fact. Yes. Yes. A similar event did take place. You're right. Protein right. coagulation. Our Speaking research found favorite. a published report of a similar story. Yeah. I really thought you were going to go with the damn Daniel on that one. Oh, I could. Damn, Daniel. All right. Let's get back into this. Oh, that's too loud. So right. uh, what are you? Are you drinking a beer over there, Ethan? Yeah, I'm still sipping away on the uh, the cookie swap. Uh, very nice. I'm, I'm waiting for the last one. You guys have one back. Wait, is this point? the first? Is this the first episode where you've actually drank the same beer we've drank? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Yes. No, well, this is the episode with the free will beers. We drank the same beers. Yeah. We did yeah. the free will. And then the second one, you had a uh, you had a silver can with no label. And I think you guessed at what the beer was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You had like a low fill, didn't you? Yeah, I just was drinking Lowenfeld. I mean, the last time I was on Beer Busters, I refused to drink. Just uh, whoa, 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 whoa! We come on, come on. Now you're on. You're you're on the best best friends podcast in the world. We don't need to talk about. It. I'm just kidding. We don't. We, there's no competition in podcasting. You were on Beer Busters. I was on Beer Busters, and I refused to drink. I said, "I'm only smoking on your podcast from now on." They thought I thought it was hilarious. So they were all drinking their beers. And you were ripping dingers? I drink nothing but homemade moonshine at this point in my life. (laughs) Bathtub gin. You know, I was never a big moonshine person until I got introduced to uh, an amaretto moonshine. Mm -hmm. And goddamn, is that not the tastiest drink? Like, if I could find that around here, I would... That would replace craft beer for me. I would drink nothing but that. You, I could make you an amaretto. I've got a little liquor still in my in my house. If you make me an amaretto uh, moonshine, I'll buy that. I'll buy one once a month from you. Great, you'll be my best customer. Yeah, <laughs> little a little amaretto moonshine mixed with you. You pour a little bit of Dr Pepper in there. Oh yeah, you're flying high, dude. Yeah, yeah. You could you could put back at least half a mason jar of that. Man, yeah. You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose a foot on that diet, Tom. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna fit in that tracksuit soon. Come on, man. I'm well on my way to that anyway. Wilford Brimley's gonna make a killing off of me. I'm a little upset that when you got up from the uh, 
with the tracksuit on, you only had the top half on, not the bottom half. Yeah, it's 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 waiting to go in the laundry. I'm a little bit. Yeah, behind. you're not going to full Czech Republic on us over here. Which I use. <laughs> I usually do. I usually do, but uh, not this week. They got a little Eastern bit of, block. We got Eastern blocker also, over here. Yeah. Do you also squat while you smoke cigarettes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nostrovia. <laughs> You know, this isn't tasting that bad for, um, I'm still getting the Oreo coming through, but yeah, honestly, I think what you're seeing floating in there is like non-dissolved Oreo cream. It could be. Oh. I mean, I, I don't really, I, I don't care at this point, man. That's kind of like the marshmallows in your favorite cereal that just come to the top and you're like, yay, yeah, that's hard stars, like, horseshoes. It's starting to look like it's settling on the bottom. It's starting to look like that undissolved fish food. <laughs> so this beer for me just it's kind of an experience both like just the scent of it and just every sip it's you've nailed just grasping the oreo without like a lot of people do the oreo with like a stout and you get like the maltiness and like the kind of coffee flavors with like a darker beer this is just purely oreo this taste here is just oreo that's it because you you chose a cream ale, which really just has just such a light kind of flavor to it. Yeah, and I I just wanted to. Sometimes we brew these beers, kind of like I want to show people with our brewing. Sometimes like challenge kind of people's perspective perspectives about beer a little bit. Because I wanted to show people with this beer that like flavor and color are not necessarily connected in beer, right? Because yeah. you get a big strong chocolatey taste like what you don't get is something that tastes like what you think that beer would taste like if you saw it in a glass you know and i i remember when uh so it's a perfect example of something i've been saying over the past couple weeks uh this was this came out at the beginning of our kind of at the beginning of our podcast um it was you know I remember getting this. This is one of the beers that like I saw it on Instagram and I was like, holy shit, I got to go get this. Um, And I remember thinking like, oh man. And when I poured it out uh, and I read about it, I was like, oh, it's a cream ale. It's like, man, they should have done a stout. And then I tasted it and I was like, oh man, no, this is nailed it. You know, it was nice and crispy and light and uh, still had the Oreo flavor really come through. And I feel like that's like something that, like what you're saying is people need to realize is just because, you know, you associate like Oreo with stout doesn't mean that it won't work with other types of beer. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing I think is, is what is fun about brewing and what I kind of want people to see sometimes with, with the stuff that we do is it's like, you know, if you give brewers room to be creative and you're receptive to what people are trying to do, you'll usually end up with stuff you really like. But we had to brew this beer two or three times before it really took off because people were, you know, they were basically just like confused that it wasn't a stout. But then <laughs> once we finally brewed it with the with the crazy label and everything like that, that's when it really uh, when it really hit, you know. Yeah, because this is, so, as far as like Stickman hype beers go, I would put this up there because it, it it seems like once you drop this, it's like everybody's posting about it. Yeah, this, oh, is, yeah. this is a hype beer for Stickman. This is our hype, hype beer. Yeah. Um, 
And when, and when I first had this, as of right now, until you change the uh, double deuce back to normal and then people are going to be hyped about that again. Yeah. We got a new batch of that coming. We got a batch of big Willie and a batch of sensible portions and all of the, um, those beers coming back with the old, uh, the old yeast and the old haze juice <laughs> soon. So people will freak out about that. All right. We don't, we don't have, we only have a, we only have 45 minutes left. So we, we can't, we can't, Sorry, we, I, we can't I, I get into that. Bring that up. I, I knew I was like, man, I'm going to touch a vein with both of you and I can't wait to hear what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm just, just a guy who's back here just enjoying his beer, waiting for you guys to get into it. <laughs> yeah, it, No, it's just Ethan posting about things that are wrong. And, and then I see those posts, those stories. And then I start like, I start shaking with anger and then I'm like, and then no, I'm like, I appreciate it. you're my, you're my best internet ally. Nobody <laughs> backs me up about how annoying these people are more than you do. And I love it. I greatly appreciate it. I'm the living embodiment of that, like gif of Michael Jackson eating popcorn. When that shit happens, I just like sit back and I'm just like, yeah. I'm, normally I'm a mild mannered gentleman, you know, just, you know, going about my day. Dan, in, 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 the, in the sense of like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not triggered by most things going on, uh, on my day to day. But then I, I see a, uh, a stick man post pop up about, you know, emailing brewers because the haze isn't right. And then I just, I, I start, my eyes start twitching. I'm like, God damn it. And then I, I have to get on my actually i'll tell you one benefit to the pandemic is people are really trying to support small business and a lot of people are becoming more receptive to what me and some other brewers have been saying about this stuff so i've got a couple people in my dms recently who are like hey like tell me why you hate untapped so much and then i tell them and then instead of them just being like stop telling me what to do they're like, oh man, thanks. I never thought of it like that before. So I'm heartened that like enough brewers are just like making fun of people that like maybe people will come fucked up a little bit. But that, and that's a the, for for me. I I feel like um like I try. I for the most part, I do try and stay calm. Like with uh like you see people that are like, if it's not hazy, it ain't for me. It's like I try and tell people like haze. It doesn't really. Like you're, you're, you taste hops. You don't taste haze. Yeah. If you had, I and I get on like this thing on Facebook, we're like, yo, Tom's on a tear on the breweries and PA uh, Facebook again. He's, he's telling people <laughs> because you get dumb, you get dumb people on there. And it's like, man, I wish they, I wish they brought the haze back. And it's like, haze doesn't add anything other than you're able to take pictures for the groom. You know, it, yeah, exactly. It, you, Tom you, comes in there like shaking his finger at people and like my wife and I are just like, Oh, let's see how this pans out. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's like, it's just, I, I just try and get that up across to people. It's like you, you can like double IPAs, you can like Imperials, you can whatever, but if they brew it with a, a clarity to it, it, it probably tastes the same as it does extra hazy, unless they're adding like, you know, lactose or milk sugar, what, you know, lactose, milk sugar, same fucking thing. But, it, you know, unless they're adding that kind of stuff, uh, you're tasting hops. I mean, that's really right. the whole point of double IPAs is just extra hops and shit. So right. you, what you like is a hoppy hop. beer. You don't like a hazy beer. And honestly, the big thing too, is it's just like, you know, these, um, 
these, what you call it, these real, these clear IPAs, the reason that the beer ends up hazy is because, you know, we keep talking about protein, but protein is a big part of brewing. But the reason these brews end up hazy is because there's extra protein in solution. And that really is not something you can taste. It's just an appearance thing. But what it does do is ruin the shelf life of the beer. So, like, you know, the main thing that you're getting from a hazy beer is a beer that you just can't keep in your fridge as long. So, like, to me, you know, when I crack open, like, I'm trying to think of a good example. But when I crack open, like, you know, a Trogues Perpetual, right? I'm still getting awesome hop flavor. And I know that when I grab another one of those beers two weeks later out of my fridge, it still tastes like awesome hops. Sierra, you know? no- Sierra Nevada Torpedo, uh, Ballast Point Sculpin. I mean, right. they're clear, they're hoppy, they're great. A Bell's Two Hearted, one of, the, be- one of the best pale ales out there. Dirt Wolf by Victory. You want to go on a journey? Give me a six pack of that. I'll tell you some stories. <laughs> Ooh. Half Ooh, a Dan, yeah, half a, half a Dan's face goes paralyzed. He, he looks like he's got <laughs> Bell's palsy. When they took that from a four pack to a six pack, I went, "Why, why, guys?" <laughs> <laughs> That's like victory shoving uh, golden monkey down everybody's throat. Oh yeah, I I remember getting a text from one of my friends going, "He goes, it's a six pack now," and that's all he put. I went, "What?" He goes, "Dirt Wolf," and I went, "No." No. <laughs> oh man. Ooh. Victory is when I I met Bill Kovalevsky of Victory once and I was like starstruck. I tried to tell a joke and I like totally fucked it up. <laughs> and then I just away like met Bill and I totally fucked this joke up and like I'm guess they're just gonna go jump off a bridge now. Uh, what was the joke? Come on. You can, you can stick your head up the bull's ass, but the butcher, you can stick your head up the butcher's ass, but I'd rather take the bull's word for it. It was something like that where it was like, I just like totally fucked up the phrasing (laughs) and it was just like nowhere near funny because of that. And I just like, I wanted to jump off a goddamn bridge. So Bill, you know, if you're listening, I hope we can be friends because I really think you're pretty cool. To be fair, that was, uh, that was like that was like Dan and I the first time we had you on because you were our first brewer, and what Dan and I were like, oh, we can't we can't fuck this up, we can't fuck this up. <laughs> like we gotta be and funny and entertaining. Get too drunk. I can't and get too drunk. Brewers to realize we're all fucking shitheads. Oh, you're all degenerates. Yeah, terrible. I mean, you don't get into this line of work because you're like a stable person, right? <laughs> you don't want to be underpaid for 14 hours a day and guarantee myself a back injury by 35 <laughs> unless there's something fucked up about you. Ethan's <laughs> the one-man canning line over here for Stickman. Oh, God, the canning. Because <laughs> the thing is, you know, we should, we really should have three brewers plus me, but we just have two brewers plus me. And it's, it's a lot. It's hard to find people, right? You know, that's the other thing, at least in Reutersford, it's hard to get people to come to work because COVID, nobody, nobody wants to get the Rona while they're like raining out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm not making as much money and I can't really hire anybody right now. 
I, I will. I will, I will apprentice. I I don't know anything about it, but I I will. I'll sweep. Yeah, some. that's the key. I'll shovel shit. I need somebody I don't have to train. I need like a real brewer. <laughs> we had this one woman working for us named Emily who was awesome, but we really couldn't bring her on full time. And then she got a full time job at Cape May, and she was like, "I'm moving down the shore to live there." And I was like, "I guess I can't really blame you." You know, that sounds like good times. Yeah. I mean, if you yeah. can get a full-time job. How can job you sell like, someone on Roars for it after that? Right. Hey, why yeah. don't you stay? We have the Schuylkill. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, yeah. I'm going to go work at Cape May, which has an, a, an overabundance of money because they just, they just shoot their beer all across the country apparently. And uh, they, I don't even know what the like, Cape May, I don't know how they became what they are. Like, I don't know what their secret is. But they're just doing like everything Vacation like in town. I, I mean, they're they're just they're People like from it doesn't make all sense. Different states just bring their beer back. Yeah. Like I mean, they just they have that marketing ability where they the but, only reason they can network so well is because people go down to the shore. They take their beer back with them. Yeah. I mean, it's just like it, it, they're one of those places that they like go against every trend in like craft beer. It's like they're doing 12 ounce cans. They're not doing like hazy double IPAs. They're doing they <coughs> Mexican do style lagers. Yeah, they do. But, but I'm talking about like on a grand scale. Doing the fundamentals. It's like Sly Fox, man. Like yeah. everybody in like the hype beer world talks about Sly Fox. Like they're like they're this dying brand, and Sly Fox is getting oh, ready to fuck open. No, we're fucking pumped. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's uh, this is the wrong so. podcast to talk shit on uh, on Sly Fox because. We have talked ad nauseum about how they are they are like god tier uh beer. It, like PA craft beer would not be where it's at without Sly Fox. Oh, yeah. Anniversary IPA knocked my socks off. When um, when I used to live in Pittsburgh and I used to work at Hofbra House, we would leave work, go to this other bar in Southside called the Double Wide and pound like three pikeland pills with shots and then go back to work. That was our lunch break like once a week. Dude, Brian so, Brian, Brian O'Reilly is like he is the he is like the goat brewer that I want to get on our podcast. Oh yeah, well he's at Mainstay. Yeah, now, Mainstay. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he owns yeah, Mainstay bro. now. Yeah. Here's some brewery industry gossip. Brian Brian O'Reilly gave me my worst job interview I ever had in my life. Really? Oh, go on. <laughs> yeah. Um, Let me so sit my tea. I, I, I give him the benefit of the doubt. Like maybe he was just in a weird place that day or whatever. But so I had, had I had six years of brewing experience on my resume, including managing a full scale barrel program for a major award winning brewery at Church Brew Works at, at Hofbra House, which is one of the most iconic lager breweries in the world. And I was the head brewer at the largest brewery in the state of Oklahoma for a while. And I had currently been employed as the cellar master at the best winery in New Jersey. So I'm looking to get back into brewing because wine winemaking is like a little slow paced. And um, Brian O'Reilly, I sent him my resume, just like, hey, do you, you guys need anybody? And he emails me back and he says, um, you know, we, uh, we might have something for you. And so I drove out there to Pottstown. I was living in Cherry Hill at the time. And I drove out to Pottstown where he offered me a very low wage to work the canning line 
And then when I told him I wasn't going to take that job and was kind of surprised, given my resume, that he had offered me that job, he gave me a lecture about why not everybody is qualified to be a, uh, a work maker, to which I said, yeah, but I am. Like, I'm, I am qualified to do that job per my resume. So, like, I don't really know. I, that's the only experience I've ever had with him, but it was like the weirdest job interview. I per my resume. My <laughs> <laughs> How many times did you say per my resume during that talk? Yeah, the one time I think I was just kind of like, I showed up and he asked me a couple like normal job interview questions. And then he was like, the job is like $9 an hour to help work on the canning line. And I was like, I was like $9 an hour, man. Like I've been doing this for years. I'm in like management. Like that's, I can't do $9 an hour. And also like, I'm not just going to be like a packaging guy. That's an entry level job. Like, I, and, and I was like, I'm surprised that you called me out here for an entry level job. And then he started telling me about how not everybody's qualified to do it. So that was my weird experience with Brian O'Reilly. I mean, could it be that he was like, he didn't want somebody with that kind of experience stepping in? Because, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like I said, that's literally the only encounter I've ever had with the guy. Because he, um, he, he walked away. He walked away in 2018. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it seemed like they were like ready to like. They kind of, from what I've read about it, it's almost like they pushed him out. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know. I like to, I like to bust balls about my friends, but I don't, I don't really know enough to comment about like the situations for the dudes. I don't know. I just know if he, if he was interviewing everybody, like he was interviewing me, I wouldn't necessarily want to run the hiring process. If I agree. <laughs> but that, it's just weird that like he would, he would email you back and be like, Hey, we got a job for you. And it's uh, yeah, it's why like, don't you take this entry level job with your resume? That's got six years of experience on it. Right. But you know, what are you going to do? Kesara, I ended up as the I ended up working as the head brewer at Free Will because Brian O'Reilly didn't give me a job. So, oh yeah, there you go. And, kismet, and, kismet. Yeah. Can we say that? And and then you then you begat Hannah, which uh, oh yeah, I, I worked with Hannah for a while. Although I wouldn't say I begat Hannah. Stemler was a lot more involved in her like commercial training. She really started brewing after I left Free Will, like more heavily. I just kind of worked with her a little. She was more doing marketing and stuff when I was there. Gotcha. Yeah. I trained, if you ever met Jeff or Colleen from Free Will, I trained them. I'm very proud of them. And I'm proud of too. I just can't take credit for her <laughs> brewing. <laughs> Dan, yes. final, final thoughts on uh, the, uh, the bake shop. So the bake shop like I said, from the beginning, uh, was a huge surprise for me as a cream ale, um, because of the, I guess the, there is a, like a stigma about cookies being kind of in darker beers and things like that. When you did Oreo and a cream ale, you nailed just like the, just the essence of Oreo. And it's like the, the, it's purest form in a beer because you, you put it in a, you put it in a cream ale, which is a light, um, you know, low, you know, low hot bitterness kind of beer. So the cookie really just shows through on it and it's, it's perfect for me. I love it. I, I love every drop of that beer. I'm so glad I got to get a can of it for this. 
Thanks, man. I appreciate that. So I, um, I mean, I, I don't have, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't have too much that I can put into this because, uh, I, I don't have a 20, a late 2020, this batch <laughs> run, um, for mine, um, a little bit of the, I mean, a little bit of the Oreo flavor came through, but it was more like it, it tasted like a cream ale. Oh, so you actually had more of like, yeah, the flavor. Yeah, kinda, that's it, the thing is like hops, hops are notorious for like aging out of years, but like any adjunct really is kind of time limited in beers like that. So eventually you just kind of get the base style out of it. So no, yeah. that makes sense. Got a weird cream ale. I mean, it's, as it, a cream, as a cream ale in terms of, I guess the, uh, the Brazilian jujitsu CP or beer BJJ CP, whatever. Yeah. How would you say it uh, measures up? So, uh, I mean, uh, let's see. What's our, our style guide? One C cream ale, low to medium hot bitterness, nailed it. Low to moderate maltiness, nailed it. Uh, varying with gravity. And I'm not going to say that word cause I butchered it last time. Uh, attenuation. Attenuation. Um, usually well attenuated, uh, neither malt nor hop dominant on the palate. I would nailed it. Low to moderate corny flavor is commonly found. Uh, I would say nailed it as is light DMS, uh, optional, uh, finish can vary from somewhat dry to faintly sweet. I am leaning more towards the sweet side. Uh, Definitely. Low fruit esters are optional. I mean, it's very low. Almost very low. No little to no, really, with this. Low to medium, uh, low hop flavor. No hops coming through on that, really. Nope. Um, yeah, I'm. it's just typical, like a classic cream ale. Cream ale, we talked about it with Hannah because we drank one of hers. because And it, her favorite beer to that's, brew. That's her favorite style is cream ale. Um yeah. Cream ale is just like a classic style. It's like what our dads drank back in or, or our dad's dads drank back in like the seventies. It, it, it's hey, like, she let us into some inside baseball that I was like Bucks County's like beer to beer to grab. Like there's so many of those breweries out there. People are like, we want cream ale. Yeah. 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 I mean, odd logic did a cream ale. That was the one they wanted us to try or I don't, did we try a cream ale or did we just drink that before the remember? The we drank Titans. it after we took remember the Titans home. Yeah. Actually, no, we did drink it on the episode too. Yeah. Okay. So that yeah. was the first beer we had from them. Yeah. They, uh, odd logic was doing a cream ale. They're doing it. Uh, naked's doing a cream ale. I mean, the it's Chamonix just, did a cream ale. I mean, yeah, the, the Croydon Croydon cream, cream ale is insanely popular. Yeah. Yeah. That's a classic. Yeah, I, I I used to have it when I would go. I had a band practice out that way, and my friend always had it, and it was delicious. It's just one of those, like, it's a nostalgic flavor, like a nostalgic yeah. style of beer, if that makes sense to anyone that's listening. It's like a uh, little Jenny Cream Ale. Yeah, I mean, it, it it just seems like, you know, you would you roll up to the bar, pay a buck 25 for a pint, and that, you know, that's the beer you're drinking. Oh yeah, I, I think so. I think it is really just like a classic profile, and that's why it's so fun to like fuck it up a little bit, you know. We also for a while sold a beer called Hanging with Barney's that was a nitro cream ale with vanilla in it. Oh, that was a lot of fun too. 
That's got to have a weird, like a strange mouthfeel for a cream ale, like real. Oh yeah, creamy as shit. It's yeah, true. it's got to be real creamy on that. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm waiting for uh, this whole pandemic to to be over to be able to go back and and sit at Stickman in Royers Ford and be able to you know drink that shit off a tap. Yeah, I miss or just a firkin, a firkin Friday. Oh man, I'd give my left arm for a firkin Friday right now. Oh god, dude, I miss firkins so much, so goddamn much. Yeah, it just brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> so, so Tom, are we are we uh, chugging our next beer in the next twenty minutes here? Yeah. Oh yeah, we're we're putting this down real quick. Um, all right, cool. I brought a key. I was actually gonna, um, I was gonna shotgun my first one if that's cool. Yeah, go for it. Oh my God. Yeah, please, please. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> Dan has to wake up and meander down to his basement for work tomorrow. Oh, uh, you're, it's sad. You know, it's a it's tough sad. walk, man. If, if I have to shovel later, man, like, Oh, it's game over, man. If I get, if I drink two, I actually brought two of the prohibitions down here because I thought we were going to be, I thought we were going to be drinking more of these, but, uh, <laughs> but I remembered, I remembered Ethan might turn to a pumpkin after nine 45. So we just, <laughs> yeah, I gotta be at the brewery at 4am tomorrow. So oh. it's a whole thing. Ethan, you're doing the Lord's work, man. I'm trying, sure. I'm trying to keep you guys, you know, supplied. You know, Ethan, Dan has a pretty comfy couch down in his basement and he is only like a quarter mile away from the, uh, the brewery. A lot of, you know, he's not the first guy that I've heard that offer from. (laughs) And I I just imagine it's going to be like a get out situation. (laughs) Where I'm going to find myself like hypnotized in some way. You're you're going to, I just homebrew at Dan's basement. (laughs) You're going to wake up and Dan's tapping a a coffee cup. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just like swishing like a double deuce in the glass like shh 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 yeah <laughs> I I'm waiting for that text where Dan I just wake up in the morning and I look and Dan I get a text from Dan that just says we got him we finally got him see I knew you guys were playing it so I, yeah. all, I remember that collab beer we got it we got him <laughs> <laughs> alright Dan tell us about our uh, our. this is I'm so excited about this one yeah I, I I hope if we go a little bit longer on this one I really want to talk about this because I feel like you've got a lot more to say about this series because it's kind of new for you guys but the experimental series, we're going to be doing the Prohibition Lager by Stickman Brews. Uh, this is an American lager. Uh, really, uh, this this beer, I have nothing but good things to say about. I can't wait till we dive in. But the pre-Prohibition Lager is the precursor to the classic American lager. Pre-Prohibition Lagers have a more pronounced grain flavor with a bigger body, slightly elevated hop character, and longer finish. In our take on the style, this brew has got all the hallmarks of that slightly elevated, bright, noble hop character. It's full-bodied with a more pronounced toasted malt flavor, and it's got that classic longer finish. If lagers are your thing, we definitely recommend you give this one a try. Tom. Yeah. <laughs> and if they're not, 
try it anyway. It's a good experiment and try new things. 5.4% alcohol by volume. This bad boy's got a 4.10 untapped. Hype shit. I think it's the label. I think the label just looks fancier, so people give it a higher rating. <laughs> uh, I'm drinking this. I'm drinking this bad boy. I'm out of glassware in the basement. So this one's coming out of the can for me. I'm going, can. I'm going a, a classic, uh, <laughs> lager saw glass. I got I, I, I Levante's on there, but you know, yeah, we're, we're drinking stick. Okay. <laughs> <I'll take laughs> <chocolate. laughs> All right. <laughs> 10, one, two, three. Oh. oh man, this one here. So I I fanned out hard when you uh when you guys released this. I got a couple. I got like I think I got. I actually had one of my friends drop me off a four pack because I was working during that uh, on that Friday, and I was like, "Hey, buddy, yeah, grab me a four pack of this. I'll pay you." <laughs> I love watching my beer pour into the glass. You know, like. Being able to see it. I hate not having a glass because now I have to wait for you. Yeah. I'm going real oddly. That was oddly sexual right there. (laughs) I'm going. Oh, that's so bad. I went real marketing with the uh, just a little bit of an overpour. So the foam, the head just careened over the side just enough. I wish I took a screech out of that. Slancha. Ethan, cheers. cheers. Did you uh did you get yourself a pre-prohibition for this one here? Pre-prohibition? I'm living in a post-prohibition world, bro. <laughs> so what do you got there? High life? No, no, I got I'm I'm drinking the, the thing. I'm drinking this one. Oh, uh, okay. This is one of my favorites. <clears throat> so, so um Talk to us about the experimental series. Is this something that is, uh, I hope, continuing for Stickman? Yeah, so we have numbers two through five planned already. So basically what we're doing here is we are just like using the series to brew whatever the goddamn fuck we can come up with. Um, I'm man. Yeah. And... uh, yeah, so I think that's all that it is. I am um, so the first one I kicked it off with this pre-prohibition lager. Number two is Brendan doing like some crazy black sour, uh, which um, that we're really excited about. Some adjuncts in it that are classic that I won't reveal yet because to keep some suspense. But it's a really cool idea, really smart idea for beer. Number three, which will probably come out before number two is Brendan kind of doing an experimental double IPA. Well, because number two's got an age on oak. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh. Yeah. And so number three will probably come up first, and that is Brendan doing an experimental double IPA where we kind of like go back to basic on the brewing process of the IPA, which I'm really excited to see him do. Number four I'm, I'm is waiting. I'm, I'm waiting to hear the Will experimental. Oh, yeah. Will's is number five. So number four is me reimagining the steamer. Remember, Will's still in training. You know, he just did his first, so, like, totally unsupervised solo brew the other day. 
So he's not he's not totally there with the recipes yet, but he's learning. So number four is me reimagining the steam beer. And number five, Will is going to do a smoked brown ale with pretzels in it. Oh. So are so, you doing you doing you're reimagining like the anchor steam like style? Yeah, classic California common. Man. Anchor steam is my all-time like desert island favorite beer. And the steam beer, the warm fermented lager is just like really always been fascinating to me because I was trained as a brewer in like lager brewery. So like seeing the warm fermenting lager process is just so cool. So I'm going to do a really, really classic homage to the the steam beer and we're going to brew it kind of like exactly to the book. Hop ratios are going to be the same, except the hops that I choose are all going to be to highlight like the new sort of like this renaissance of hop growing that's happening in Germany, Germany right now with all these new varieties. So I'm really, really excited for that. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so with the, um, with the IPA that's coming out, I saw that Brendan has been uh, drinking a lot of uh, Sierra Nevada celebration. Oh, we all have. We've been crushing the celebration. I was gonna say, is there is there some uh, is there some I guess nods to that style that are going to be coming out of this double IPA? I don't totally know what he has planned. The thing is, Brendan is a super talented and accomplished brewer by himself, and as we kind of have plans to expand the business further and do some other stuff with brewing. And as I'm kind of getting into another side business of my own as well, Brendan is like taking more and more control over the Warriors for location. Um, so honestly, I don't even know. Like, I'm just as excited to see it as you guys are. Cause I don't even totally know what he's planning. Yeah. So, because so, yeah. like I, I knew there was going to be some sort of take on like IPA because obviously with the experimental series, you have to do some sort of experimental IPA to kind of deviate from that, you know, the, I guess the, the haze culture and everything. So I was like, I saw him posting about the celebration IPA and I'm like, I hope, I hope that he's like, he he's doing this as like, I guess like background research. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, those are honestly like in the brewery on Saturdays, on Fridays and Saturdays, we've kind of started having some shifties in the middle of the day. Nice. And especially when Brendan nice. is, is making his pizzas on some Saturdays, I'll, I'll be there with him and we'll have some beers. Will really likes West Coast law uh, IPAs. I do. Brendan does. So every once in a while, somebody will run over to the beer distributor next door and get a um you know get a, a 12 pack of something like pilsner or cal or sierra nevada celebration or lagunitas little something will it was will's turn to buy a 12 pack and he went over there and bought lagunitas the other day and that was great too um oh, yeah. yeah so it's that kind of thing yeah i i think i was right to be very excited when uh when I saw that you were, you guys were going to do the experimental series. Um, <laughs> um, I, did you get the pictures? Yeah. Tom? Yeah, I did. Um, so <laughs> I like I, I'm, I'd be more excited when we're able to all sit in the brewery again. And if you're able to do stuff on like a smaller batch, um, because my, some of my favorite stuff is when, you get experimental styles and, you know, pre COVID you get experimental styles at say like, uh, 
Locust Lane, where they're doing small batch experimental stuff and putting it on tap only. And that's, it, I like that stuff because it, it, it gives the, the brewers, exclusivity of it. It's pretty cool. It's, you know it's at the back. So we were just talking about them last time I was in San Francisco. I've never been more impressed with the breweries like pilot batch draft only offerings than the anchor steam tap. It was like one of the coolest really? brewery experiences in my life. And you know me, I'm a jaded asshole who like hates the beer industry. And like when I walked into that anchor steam, I walked in that anchor steam tap room with their small batch system, and it was like I was in like year one of my career again. I was like a kid in a fucking candy store. It was so good, all of it. But it, That's awesome. it so like experimental stuff, it 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 gets it gives brewers the ability to kind of show out. And like show do do beers that they love to do the styles that they like to do and not have to worry about, um, you know, the having to sell uh, X amount of cases you have, you know, you do a small batch, put it on tap, drink it. And it, it, you know, it's going to sell. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is some confidence I got from the experimental series is like, you know, sometimes I kind of bristle about the fact that marketing is so important to selling beer when really it should just be about what's in the can. But at the same time, what I really found I was exciting was that, you know, this pre prohibition lager is the highest rated lager that we've ever made. And it's also the fastest selling lager that we've ever made. And I straight up think it was just because we told people, this is an experiment. Yeah. Try it. It's cool because we're screwing around with yeah. it. And it gives and us it some was, kind of exclusivity. Yeah. And it was really exciting to be, to, it's really been exciting to see people respond well to it. So I'm excited. Every beer that I brew personally in this series is going to be some kind of a lager. So I'm really excited to have that outlet too. Yeah, this was, this was a really um, big favorite of mine right before it kind of like, falling in love with swill. I was kind of like getting a lot of these and I'm like, so with the American lager and so what, what changed with the American lager from pre-prohibition to like post-prohibition? Like, well, I'm glad you asked Dan because the well, answer is capitalism. So be, before, <laughs> before you go ahead and answer Ethan, I want to, I want to preface this with, this is Dan's wheelhouse. Dan, Dan's a history major with like a, a, a real boner for the, the prohibition, prohibition era of, oh, yeah. of history. <laughs> like the, the, even before he got into craft beer, it was all about, you know, the prohibition era with the, the beer runners and, uh, you know, the, the, the mafia kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, talking talking to people about South Philly. My family was the South Philly Jewish mafia during prohibition. They were the bootleggers in South Philadelphia. I swear to God, that's true. My mom's oh, side shit. of the yeah, that's pretty fucking cool, isn't it? Um, so the thing is, man, the the beer license, the licenses to open small breweries. Um, we think of like prohibition ended and then things were back to normal with alcohol. But that really wasn't the case. Like there were a lot of post prohibition alcohol laws that were still super restrictive. And um it wasn't until the late 70s when Sierra Nevada and Pete's and Pyramid opened that like these small brewery licenses started becoming a thing. So post-prohibition, in order to 
brew beer, you basically had enough, you had to have enough money to have a full scale factory, right? Craft brewing was just not an option. It just wasn't financially feasible. So adjunct lager, what we think of now as the American lager, kind of like went from the prohibition style lager where you use a little bit of corn for character and you use a heavy amount of hops and you get your fit, your long finish through like an extended boil. And it just became more and more industrialized. And what came out the other end was this 50% adjunct rice or corn, super light body beer that's brewed as quickly as possible to just get through the process because there was no, you know, there was no like high quality producers to compete with. So all these kind of industrial guys just did whatever they could to cut the margins. I feel like, what you did with the pre-prohibition lager here. Um, when we looked through the BJCP style guidelines, I feel like the pre-prohibition really hits all of the marks more adequately than like, say, like you're saying, like post-prohibition where they're you know, factory, factory manufactured because they have to, because you can't have that craft beer license. You can't, you know, you can't, do small scale production. You have to do large scale. And I feel like there's some art and there's some flavor that's lost in that translation. It really good. This really goes back to our first episode with Ethan. Um, it, it, this is just a nice crispy lager. It, it's, yeah. it's super clean. Uh, and, and the, uh, of the Americans, uh, the BJCP style guidelines of an American lager, the last line is a clean lager fermentation character and that's what you get from this it's it just it's a clean tasting beer and there's a lot of body to it too like it's not only just clean but like the like you said it's 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 just a fuller lager well so like lagers that are really good should be fun to drink because of this like textural contrast right like you get this full body and then it fades to like this really kind of like crisp refreshing finish as opposed to when you get a full body on like a stout where it kind of like sticks with you and like refreshing is not the word you would use to describe that you know right so yeah there's a there's an end to the journey with each sip yeah 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 it's just fun i mean i i don't think i can preach this enough to people if stick man puts out a lager fucking drink it because (laughs) ethan's background is Loggers. I mean, that's what you came up with and it's, you're going to do it and you're going to do it right. Yeah. And I'm really proud of the loggers that we make, you know, a lot of the stuff like Brendan really helps guide me on the hoppy beers a lot, a lot. I don't make it a secret that they're not the beers that get me going personally. Um, but the, the beers that are malt really? driven, <laughs> But the, the malt-driven beers and the beer, especially the lagers, like I really have a lot of fun with. So I, I get really excited when when people are willing to kind of try them at face value uh, because we're really, really proud of them. Yeah, as as a hop like aficionado, I love my IPAs. This this lager here just it knocked my socks off. Like getting it to be honest, like this was. I was excited uh, when one of our past guests, uh, Mr. Hop Thief himself, started kind of talking about the experimental series. And he said, oh, yeah, they're putting out this pre-prohibition lager. And I said, hey, if you're going up to Stickman, um, I'll give you money. Get me a four pack. 
Um, I might be working that day. So if you want to drop it off, that'd be awesome. And he did. And this was great. Uh, like, like I said, this beer for me, I drank it with the guy, Tom, you'll be proud of me. I did drink it with the guidelines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I was That's really impressed with this beer and just knowing that you like, this is your wheelhouse for loggers and everything. Um, I can't tell you also side note, can't tell you how happy I was that you guys found some general merriment in the back of the cooler and start putting some of the singles out in the, yeah. uh, in the cooler. <laughs> I've been all through this quarantine. I've been, uh, you know, just sitting in the corner just every time Dan's like, Oh yeah, I like this malty beer. I'm like, yes. Like Emperor Palpatine. Yes. Yes. Let the malt through <laughs> flow through you. Like we got to really, what we really got to do is get you and Dan up to Suarez and Hudson and yeah. try what I think the Holy, they're yeah. the Holy grail. That's the Holy grail of loggers. Yeah. Suarez, uh, you know, it's, it's on our radar. I think ever since our first episode with you, um, oh, okay. the best goddamn brewery in the fucking world. We drove up to Hudson, me and Rachel drove up to Hudson to get a rotisserie chicken and a case of beer from Suarez and turned around and went back. <laughs> That's like every Royal Farms journey for me. <laughs> yeah, like, so long, yeah, Royal Farms is not four hours away. <laughs> All right. So, at this, at this point, it might as well be. Yeah. So when all three of us get the Russian vaccine, we'll, uh, we'll hot box an RV and we'll drive four hours up there and get a couple cases of Suarez. I'm in. I'm yeah. in. God damn. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll pop some edibles to, to start and then we'll just clam bake the shit out of that. That Dan's uh Xterra for uh, four <laughs> hours. Get a good old, good old fashioned clam bake in there. <laughs> all right. Um, Dan, final thoughts on the uh, the pre-prohibition? I've already said it. Can't can't say enough. Um, really excited for the next uh, couple parts of this uh, journey you guys are doing with the experimental series. Uh, you guys knocked it out of the park with the pre-prohibition. Um, can't wait to hear uh, what you guys got coming down the uh, down the pipe here. Oh, well, yeah. thanks, man. It's great. It. <clears throat> great. It's clean, um, crispy. Uh, nice carbonation on it. Um, like, uh, like the style guidelines say nice dry finish on it. Um, good malt balance to it. Uh, just knocked it out of the park, you know, as I would come to expect from a, a stick band lager. Um, like I said before, if stick man puts out a lager, go drink it. Dum dums. It's going to be good. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say. It's, it's Ethan's wheelhouse. If Brandon, if Brandon puts out a bad logger, Ethan's going to probably fire him. So, you know, I would never fire Brendan. Brendan, even if I caught Brendan stealing, it would, I'd have to be like, it would have to be thousands of dollars. If I caught Brendan stealing like 50 bucks, I'd be like, well, he probably had a good reason. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Brandon, please don't listen to this podcast because you're, 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 it's giving you a lot of liberties here. <laughs> One day we have to get him on the podcast yeah. and we can talk about IPAs and sad punk rock together. And also yeah, pizza. And, and pizza. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, we're get, we're we're at we're at a quarter to ten here, so we we need to get Ethan off here so he can. Uh, yeah, I gotta go to bed. yeah, he's got he's got to go to bed like an old man, and uh, <laughs> he's younger than both of us. Yeah, and he's gonna he's gonna put it. He's gonna fold his hands across his belly and fall asleep in his recliner. Um, That's literally exactly what's about to happen. <laughs> Ho- Hoagie's gonna Hoagie's gonna curl up around your feet. It's all, all is well. All is well there. I'm just going to be doing stuff with a screenshot of his mouth and like Sweetzel's ginger snap cookies. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, it hasn't been pretty, Ethan. If you've been looking at the uh, the group chat, it, it 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 it's not good. It's not good. I think it's good. It's a good use of my phone. <laughs> I feel like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um. All right. Uh, let's 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 do some. Uh, let's do some uh business here uh dan uh i don't know subscribe rate review i, I what, what what else do we we've told you about this all fucking year guys subscribe rate review if you don't know what it is man the gloves really come off for tom when like ethan's on the podcast no it, he's dude, all bit <laughs> i'm at the we're at the end of season one uh, of the podcast and if you don't oh, know what we have seasons to this now yeah yeah, man. Next next episode. All right, we'll get into that in a second. Subscribe, rate, review. Uh, you you if you can't figure that out, stop listening to the podcast. Uh, how did you even get to the podcast if you don't know how to subscribe, rate, review? Um, <laughs> most create most creative review. Uh, we'll we'll figure out something. We'll send you a pack of beer. Uh, pre prohibition may be included in that. I don't know. Um, anyway. Uh, Dan, you want to get into our plugs? Yeah, I'll do that. Uh, Hey, if you guys enjoyed what you listened to this evening, if you enjoyed all of our episodes, um, previously, if you enjoyed our episode here with Ethan, um, give us a follow here, uh, Instagram and Facebook real easy. It's best, best friends pod. That's best, best friends. P O D. And I think I can fly. Hey, if you have an idea of some beers that we should feature on the podcast, guests we should feature on the podcast, things we should talk about on the podcast that are craft beer related, send us an email. Bestbestfriendspod at gmail.com. That's bestbestfriendspod. This is my favorite. Oh, you really cut it off. I was, I was getting in the mosh there. It's okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's such a good one here. Yeah. Uh, get, guest plugs. Um, obviously, he needs no introduction. Ethan, follow him on Instagram at Stickman Brews, at Stickman Brews, untapped at Stickman Brews. Check out their website. You said POD in there somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stickman Brews. <laughs> Stickmanbrews.com. Check out their website. Order some order some of their food. And and they I need I need to get that spicy chicken sandwich you guys have up there at uh Roarsford. Oh, we don't have we only have it in Chester Springs, but you should go to Chester Springs and get it. All right. Well, so all the food is in right. the Chester Springs? Yeah, we're only doing the pizza at Roarsford. Oh shit, yeah. Uh pizza brez, is that what it is? Yeah, pizza brez. Pizza brez. So God Follow damn it, guys. Buy pizza. Go on, all right. So uh, go on uh, Stickman's Instagrams and just watch their pizza bread 
uh, stories and shit. And it, you're, it, you're going to have no choice, but to go and get pizza bread. Yeah. You can't say no, no, you can't say no. It, to, it's, it looks so damn good. It's so good. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and they have a square site, which is the best, the yeah. best Way. It's so easy to take your money on Square. Oh my God. It's <laughs> it's so easy to just put your paycheck all towards Stickman. Give it to us. I appreciate it. <laughs> Give it your money me. Money, <laughs> money need. All right. <laughs> um guys, you already know. We don't, Dan, we don't even have to discuss this. Ethan's a friend of the show. We we already know this. Oh, of course. Yeah, we, we don't have to make this. a discussion. There's no debate. Ethan. We love you. We love your beer so much. I love. Thanks you. so much for coming on. Absolutely, I'm always happy to be here. Sorry, I had to cut it early. To no, no, we oh. we completely understand, guys. I, I we've said it on on our Instagram story uh, everywhere we possibly can. Uh, if you haven't tried Stickman yet, uh, you're dumb and we hate you. Um, <laughs> but you completely re- you can completely redeem yourself by going and trying a Stickman. There's so many fucking choices for everybody. Yeah, it's sick, man. Just drink it. Yeah. Just drink it. Yeah. If you, <laughs> any type of beer, any type of beer, stick man's got it for you. And they're brewing it at a high quality. Ethan, we love you so much, man. Thank you for coming on again. Dan, you guys are good. Dan, just want you to know one thing. I love you. Always have. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week, buddy. All right, guys. Uh, it's not goodbye forever. Just remember, it's just. All right. And tune in next week. Uh, it's our final episode of the year. Um, it's going to be our Christmas episode. We're going to do some fun stuff. Um, uh, it's going to be the end of season one. Uh, we're going to take a week off and uh, and recharge our batteries. And uh, we'll we'll be back in the new year. But uh, next year's going to be or next week's going to be real fun. Uh, it's just going to be Dan and I, no guests. Uh, we're going to watch some videos All by ourselves. Yeah, we're going to watch some videos. We're going to do a little gift exchange. Uh, Dan, big surprise next week. Oh no! Big big surprise next week. Oh shit! It's all right. This is very ominous. Big surprise next week. <laughs> All right. I'm stuck. I'm All right. stoked. All right. All right, everybody. Just remember, always remember whether you're, you're COVID positive or not. Always remember, take this to the grave with you. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. It was the Clinton family. <laughs> best, best friends podcast episode 47. We out. See you. Peace. Best Friends Pod, hosted by Dan and Tom. Best Best Friends Pod, hosted by Dan and Tom. Best Best Friends Pod, hosted by Dan and Tom. Best Best Friends Pod, hosted by Dan and Tom. This podcast is hosted by two bros, by two bros. 
So crack a beer and laugh at some videos, videos. Superhuman jump through barbed wire bricks. Fuck this shit. Hang out with little lunchbox. Become a cluggalayet, a cluggalayet. Sometimes I'm a stouty boy, sometimes lazy. And this podcast is both, so it's the one for me. Best best friends pod, hosted by Dan and Tom. Cindy Crawford's a fan. How could you go on? So many pods up there. Were it the ones for me? I've seen it still alive. And listen to best best friends.